Welcome to Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. And DG, I feel like we've done too many of these hard episodes already. We've already we done have, the- man. 2020 has not come has not started off greatly. Uh, but all we can hope for and wish for that it, it ends better um, and gets better halfway through the year. But first three months have been a struggle. They have been. Uh, as you guys continue to watch or listen to this episode, you will see uh, more of our interview with myself and Danny. But there's also an interview that we recorded earlier this week with Avery Bradley before the league uh, went under suspension. And so because of that, we also brought in Sham Sharania, a senior inside NBA reporter for Stadium Network as well as The Athletic. And before we get to that and Avery Bradley's piece, uh, Danny, I wanted to speak with you about everything that's happening so far Mm -hmm. and how you've been able to uh, ingest the news. Um, It's... It's, I mean, with so many things that have happened this year and over the years, not much has come to a shock to me, but this is obviously a shock to anyone. Uh, not just mentally, emotionally, but culturally, it's, it's just a culture shock to have not just not basketball, but a lot of sports uh, being shut down um, with the drop of a hat. It's happened so quickly, so fast. I was having lunch with my dad. I think you were there, too. We were yep. talking about it. Um, obviously, talking the severity of the situation and how some people are not taking it serious, but also how we thought it might not be as serious, but when they shut down leagues, um, you start to realize how serious and how real it is. Um, it seems like a, a nightmare or something from a movie, uh, but, you know, it is what it is today, and we have to adapt and adjust to it. So um, taking it, you know, step-by-step, step, day-by-day, you know, taking the meetings, the phone calls, trying to get updates from the team. Uh, they're doing a great job of informing us what's going on. Uh, so, you know, we find out uh, Monday more updates, but uh, we know what we're capable or able to do. Uh, individually, uh, can't do any group stuff, but we need to be in our cities and try to be quarantined as best we possibly can, stay low-key, um, and, you know, stay professional about it, of uh, taking care of your bodies and still being ready for if that, you know, we do turn the, a corner where things go for the better and we get back to the season sooner than we expect. Uh, but right now they have a 30 days uh, kind of a lockout, so we have to, you know, prepare for that. You know, one of the things that sports usually does for a lot of us, it helps us... Um, <clears throat> distract ourselves from real-world problems. For sure. Debt that you have. Yeah. Uh, bad relationship that you have. Yeah. Um, world, issues. World, cri- world crisis. Yeah. In this instance, it is a part of that. It's not the distraction. It's part of... It's embedded within all of this all pandemonium. Together. Yeah. Um, and you're not able, as an entertainer, as a basketball entertainer, rather, yet, to provide that outlet. Have you ever thought about the service that you have for the fans in terms of helping them get a, get away from the nonsense of, of the world? Um, you don't think about it as much until you said the moment's gone. Uh, as right now, you see a lot of people are kind of stuck. They don't know what to do. Um, you know, a lot of people, and it might be for the better. You got to look at both sides. We might be able to take care of some people's gambling issues or that, you know, type of thing. Uh, but, you know, people rely on us to escape from the real, real world. Uh, when they get out of work and they're nine to five, they want to go home and grab a beer or go to a bar and watch a game and relax. Uh, they're not able to do that now anymore, so they have to, you know, um, face their issues and, and not have as many outlets. And for us, we don't have the outlets we, we usually have either. Um, it's a little different for us. Um, but so you don't really notice those things, um, and you don't really notice the real-world things until it's brought to you. And that's one thing I respected and loved about uh, Pop. You know, he did a great job of letting us know, you know, this is just basketball. And we're always stuck in our little bubble and only focus on the things that affect us in the basketball world when, 
You know, there's things going on in other countries that are crazy. And it's also good to have friends uh, from other countries. You know, Jed uh, and a lot of others, people that I know that are close, that are from other places, uh, enlightened me or brought light to a lot of things that I wouldn't normally uh, understand or look at as important because I'm in the U.S. or it doesn't affect me, but it affects, you know, people around you, your friends, family, or other people's friends and families. And, um, you know, eventually it comes to, you know, your forefront, um, which this has. Uh, has come to the U.S. and it's affected us, and not just in the world, but the ba not just the basketball world, but the whole world. Um, so you start to appreciate it more, and you start to understand, like you know, the importance or important things of life, and how just the sports are obviously just fun, but they're also a distraction. Um, but you understand how, I guess, naive and as a kid, as a even not as a kid, but how I didn't really understand anything when I was, you know in college or even a couple years out of college mm -hmm. uh, of you know what's really important what's going on and how to take the severity of things going around the world seriously you know the one thing about the rudy gobert incident and mm -hmm. i know there there was definitely a population of people <clears throat> that just saw it as mm -hmm. a funny gesture or yeah. just thought he was acting foolish but didn't take it seriously <clears throat> until mm -hmm. he eventually became uh diagnosed with the coronavirus i think as bad as it looked at the time mm -hmm. I think between him and Tom Hanks mm -hmm. having that diagnosis, it really put a lot of people's uh, antennas up. For sure. And I know there were people, I, I, one of my friends was attempting to go to Boston. And then that type of news really halted things. And he might have done a wealth of service with that one miscue. For sure. Um, it was going to happen eventually. Whether it happened that way, obviously. The way it happened to him, nobody wants it to happen that way, where it looks silly and foolish. And obviously, he didn't mean to happen or do any harm or mean to spread anything. Um, but I said it was a wake-up call. And a lot of times, we need that wake-up call to take something serious. I said we don't take it serious until it's at our forefront. And a lot of times, we always see it's in other countries, other shutting down. We're like, oh, it's never going to touch us because we don't have to worry about it. Oh, in Italy, you know, or soccer, they're playing. But we're fine. You know, we're in the U.S. We're cool. We're impenetrable. You know, so. Until a guy like Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell or Tom Hanks and his wife, and then you're like, oh, it's, it's here. You know, it's affecting us, and we need to take this serious. So, you know, the league is uh, taking the proper steps of, of helping us, you know, take it serious. But I think everybody was pretty much, you know, very cautious of what was going on, even more cautious after seeing people, you know, that are right, you know, here in the U.S. or in the basketball world or, you know, somebody, they, they might know people close to them that have it. Um, you know, hopefully, or you know, luckily, not a lot of people have passed because of it. They're saying certain age brackets, but hopefully, those people recover, and hopefully, we find a cure for the people that who are struggling with it. Um, and hopefully, so we can get this this thing uh, out as quick as it came and get back to regularly scheduled programming. Coming up next on Inside the Green Room, checks might not be coming in uh, as often or frequent or at all. If things are lost or things change, we don't for the worst. out still you're still getting in yeah. shape I mean you're staying in shape uh, but you've been you haven't been through anything like this none of us have no but you've been through the lockout before mm -hmm. how did how does that period in your life help you prepare for whatever whatever it is that might happen here uh well so just not having basketball uh around like the way you normally have it not be able to play games 
also the fact of figuring out what to do outside of basketball and saving your money. The lockout's prepared, I hope, a lot of guys for this moment because at that time they're like, oh, we're ready for it, we're prepared for it. But when it came, a lot of guys weren't prepared for it. Um, and now, I said, we didn't know this was coming as a sudden, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but during this time, I think guys will use the time a little bit wiser to figure out what they need to do because they know basketball stopping and said checks might not be coming in uh, as often or frequent or at all if things are lost or things change we don't know for the worse um, so we have to figure that out but um, the lockouts prepared me to, to you know be able to figure out things and also said uh, on the money side of financial side of it how to, to monitor uh, the right correct way without having to struggle or worry about you know if the next checks coming in tomorrow or not you know figuring out other ways and uh, of, I guess, revenue or business things that you can get into besides sports. Yep. Uh, our aspirations are to do more of these because we have the opportunity as long as, you know, we use the proper precautions, which well, we will. For sure. Well, I'd love to do more of these. I hope that we don't, I hope that we get back to basketball. Yeah. Um, I hope we get back to all sports and that people can continue to live their normal lives and have those normal distractions uh, to be able to sit down and watch us entertain. Um, but as of right now, so we're waiting for updates, and we have about a 30-day hiatus. And uh, during that time, so we'll have to figure it out and be safe, stay stay home, stay close to your families, take care of each other, and uh, you know continue to be you know clean and precautious with uh, you know not catching anything. The NCAA might allow some athletes, uh, might be more spring athletes than winter athletes, to get another year of eligibility. How would you, what would you advise your brother? Do you think he should throw his name into the draft? Do you think he should go for that fifth year? Uh, what, what would you tell him to do? Um, I think that all depends. I think he's definitely mature enough, but if he can get another year of eligibility, um, that's great to have that option. Um, obviously, we weigh out the, the options and see. Um, I think he would obviously test the waters and be able to play summer league and see where that goes. And if he has a year eligibility, then go back. Continue to play as much college basketball as you can. Um, and try to get another year in uh, an NCAA tournament if you can. Uh, but ultimately, that's his decision. And I said he's, an, he's a grown adult now. And I think either way, I think he'll be okay and figure out um, what he wants to do next for his future. And I think he can still play basketball, um, you know, after college. Mm -hmm. You know, my thought does that, and obviously your brother's an athlete, so I think about him a lot mm -hmm. uh, in this equation. But I also think about all of the kids in college who don't go to get graduation anymore. Yeah. That is, you know, I look back and it's almost 10 years for me. Yeah. And I, I was about to go to my, I was about to go to my 10 year, uh, 10 year reunion. Cause uh -huh. I didn't go to five year. I was like, I'm going to 10 year. Okay. Not going now. <laughs> and you're just like, wow, these are moments that are robbed from these kids that, you know, you'll live for a lifetime. And it's just, it's kind of saddening. Uh, it is. I mean, obviously you got to take care of people's it health, is, man. but there are life moments that they're missing out on. That's just really unfortunate. And, I, and this, this coronavirus thing really sucks. Yes, and I think that's probably the biggest reason I would tell them to go back to but we get that experience. Just the whole full, the, the classic ending you need experience, you know, to close that chapter, close that book, end the movie the right way, whether it's, you know, walking down and getting your, your degree, um, you know, be able to throw your, your hat, you, you know. You don't, um, get, you don't get that off. Take your pictures, you don't get that with your gown often. on, you know, so that experience, you need that. It's just like, it, it, as much as people hate going to prom, but it's a picture, it's an experience that you'll never forget and you'll always look at in your house. Say, oh, I remember prom, we did this and that. It's something you have to do. And graduating is, is something I feel like he, he has to do. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, some way or another, they're gonna have to make up for that ceremony. I hope they can. 
Um, so now you have a wealth of time. Mm -hmm. You'll, you know, maybe you'll advise your brother during the time. You'll spend some time with the dogs. Yeah. Um, but you have a wealth of time on your hand now. Uh, well, we don't know that yet. So we're gonna update That's Monday. True. We have but at least thirty days. Of, we have a decent amount of time as of right now, is what we know. Okay. Now I've been telling you this since our Dwight Howard episode, I believe. Okay. Are you going to watch The Boys or not? You told me to watch The Boys, and I actually tried to watch The Boys last night. It's not on Netflix, so it's not as easy accessible okay. as everything else is. What, you need on me to Amazon give you my Prime, login? I, I will take your login. <laughs> I may take somebody else's login, but for me to log in or get a new, you know, app or network or new uh, subscription yeah. for one show, you're asking a lot, bro. Well, no. See, you start with you start with the boys, but then there's hunters that came out on it as well. There's also you ever seen Animal Kingdom? No. See, listen, man. Don't. Amazon Prime is cool, man. But yeah, I, exactly. I like my HBO, my Netflix, USA. You know, I have Hulu. We have a whole bunch of. Now we're adding another one. We already did Disney for a little short. Uh, Disney stint. Plus, yeah. yeah. Disney Plus, and now you're telling me I could jump on Amazon Prime. There's so many yes. subscriptions, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'll, it is. I'll I'll look into it. Okay. I'll circle back. Okay. We, well, I don't know if you're going to answer this question, but I kind of hope you do. Okay. Maybe. So, you know how um, you were just mentioning usernames and logins? Yes. So, I think when you did the Zach Lowe podcast, mm -hmm. he asked you for your hotel name, kind of going into the yes, my alias. things. So, but can you tell it? Can you tell me what it is now that... No. That's, but didn't you alter it? No, I have not changed it. So I can't get the hotel nope. name. You can't get the uh, alias. Nope. I mean, I've had. I have. This a is why we should have had a pre-production. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. No, it's all good. <laughs> no alias. It's, it's not an alias if everybody knows it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. All right, DG. Uh, time to uh, step away from here. Hope you guys enjoy our interview with Sham Sharania. And then after that, we will have our conversation with Avery Bradley or our pre-recorded interview with Avery Bradley. Before we go to that, though. Tell the, in TV, you know this thing we call a tease? Yes, teaser. Yeah, tease them about Avery Bradley. What's the teaser? What we have to come? Yeah, just say, like, you know, Avery Bradley did this, did that. Well, he AB, talk, man, he broke great. down what about, like, no, AB we have to is great, tease. Man. I'll give you a tease. I'll give you a little teaser. Can I give you a sample? Avery Bradley, man, uh, I can't say enough good things about the guy. Very well spoken. Uh, has a family of three, great this, father, husband. This is, that's not speaks a tease. On, speaks on his life outside of basketball, his life growing up in Tacoma, D, Washington. DG, and a also, tease is something that makes people grab a bag of popcorn. Yeah, I was getting there. <laughs> Coming up next on Inside the Green Room. They had a call last night with GMs and presidents where Adam Silver basically made clear, we're looking at at least 30-day shutdown. Welcome back to Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. We are very happy to have NBA insider from the Stadium Network and the Athletics, Sham Sharania, with us. Shams, you broke down uh, what happened with the league over the past couple of days. You broke the story of the league being suspended. Then you also broke the news as it pertains to Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell uh, being diagnosed with the coronavirus. Uh, what's the latest update that you could provide for us as it pertains to the league trying to move forward uh, following Adam Silver's Thursday uh, press release. Yeah, Harrison, Danny, great joining you guys. Um, I mean, this has been a lot of meetings between league officials, Adam Silver holding a lot of calls with 
other owners, other team governors, other um, GMs, presidents. And, you know, they had a call last night with GMs and presidents where Adam Silver basically made clear we're looking, we're looking at at least 30-day shutdown, and they came out with policies that were also given to teams, you know, such as they want players to stay in their market. They want players to stay quarantined as much as possible. They want these guys not to be working out in group settings. I think players can go in, you know, as Danny can – can attest players can go in now for individual work, but between now and Monday, you know, no group workout regimen at all. And, and I know Monday is going to be a very, very critical day as far as reassessing where teams and players can go. Can players start to have group workouts? Should players stay at home? Should players have an extended time off? Like, I think a lot will become determined Monday. You know, I've had some teams tell me, you know, potentially Monday, could they just shut their facility down for good? You know, I think a lot of things will come into play starting Monday. But right now, I think the team, the league, is just in an information gathering stage. Adam Silver had another, um, you know, kind of call with his own employees at the league office today, a town hall with his league office where he made it clear, we're looking at at least 30 days. You know, there are owners that believe it could extend even to 45 to 60 days. We just don't know right now. And so Adam Silver wants to play out the remaining 82-game season but, you know, circumstances may not allow for that. Right now, they don't have, you know, available testing for everyone. I think that it's, it's very case by case. You know, and, and the other night, in, in the case of those Utah Jazz players, a very specific case, you had Oklahoma City's first case of coronavirus, and it came from players, and it, and, and it, and it was a very isolated situation. So the, the health force of that city made it a priority to make sure that those guys were tested, the 58 Jazz players, personnel, traveling party, et cetera, that those people were all tested. And obviously, Donovan Mitchell was the one that came up as positive. And so I think that it's a very test, you know, case by case. Now, in two weeks, if, if somehow America comes up with a policy that it becomes easier for testing, I think that, you know, I, I think it should be mandated. I think that that's definitely the wisest move. But there hasn't been a mandate as of yet for. For the, for the NBA to go down the road of every player getting testing before resuming play. As the owners continue, as the league and the owners continue to evaluate uh, when the league should start back up, obviously there's a there's a, a mountain to climb before they consider that. Uh, I'm sure the financial impact of what's happened here uh, has to play a role in some way, shape, or form. Obviously, health is the is the most important thing, but obviously finances do matter. Maybe they don't matter now, but they will matter later in the future. How are the teams responding to the overall loss that could be seen from this event? I think it's just an acceptance period, Harrison. I think it's just an acceptance that, you know, I think America as a whole, the NBA, all these other major leagues, you know, the NCAA by canceling, you know, March Madness. We're looking at, you know, canceling March Madness. Danny's played in, in a lot of big moments in college. He knows, like, this is this is a big-time economical shift. You know, this is a time that we haven't seen. It's unprecedented in America. And so the NBA is just like, you know, sticker on that board. And I think that the NBA is going to have, you know, they're going to suffer some consequences financially. And I think NBA teams are accepting that. And I, I, I know the, the priority that Adam Silver has made clear to owners is we want to make sure everything can get back on track. The full 82 games can be played. You know, fans can come to attendance. The finals can be played as, as normal. But again, this is all fluid. It's all up in the air. And, and I think you're right. I think this is probably the last thing that people want to want to talk about, you know, you know, as far as you know, even the players that are being impacted right now, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, 
you know, they're going to have to be playing together at some point here in the, you know, at some point, whether it's two, three, you know, a month from now, two months from now, five months from now, you know, how will their relationship be? And to me, that shouldn't even be the question. We're talking about health. What is the league, if not the league, uh, teams, organizations doing to help or, I guess, help the, like I said, make the adjustment easier for the staff at arenas and, uh, I guess, I guess not really, I don't know how to say this, but they're not really on staff with the team. Oh, but they, they're just arena workers. Yeah, the arena workers. How, what are they doing right. to help them or make the adjustment for them or figure out how to take care of these people? Yeah, almost all teams I've talked to over the last 24 hours have said that they're trying to come up with some plan to make sure that those arena workers, those you know hourly waged people are being taken care of. And you've seen players come out themselves before their teams have you know, um, in Kevin Love, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Zion Williamson, Britt, Blake Griffin, these guys have come out and said, we will take the onus, you know, we'll, we'll pay for, for our team staff, uh, arena staff. And I think that goes a long way. You know, obviously it, it takes more than that. I think owners need to step up. Mark Cuban, you know, obviously did a big, you know, it was a big job by him getting way out ahead of this this narrative, this curve, and, and getting it out there that he will be the first owner to help his arena staff. And many owners have followed suit. Dan Gilbert, you know, the owners in Atlanta, uh, Ted Leonsis in Washington. Um, so you're seeing more and more teams start following suit and more executives I've spoken to have talked to their owners about continuing that trend. Now, in terms of pay for the players, that may be changed, right, if we miss those 20 games of the regular season, correct? And Yeah. Go, go ahead. So, so the NBA um, had, or the NBA Players Union had a call with a, with agents today, and it was made known that uh, the NBA and the Players Union would be signing an agreement to enter a moratorium. So essentially, what you know, what players and teams have to go through to, through through the lockout. Except now, players, teams, they're all allowed to have dialogue. Agents are still allowed to have dialogue, but there will be essentially a moratorium period, as there would be. Uh, in a lockout. And so there's no trades, no player options. So this extends into July, which, I mean, at this point, it's not unforeseen. Um, you know, if it doesn't extend in July, you know, have a lot of players, you know, they don't have to make any player option decisions, team option decisions, you know, non-guaranteed contracts, 10 days, everything is essentially on pause. And contracts on the 15th, on Sunday, I believe, will pay out in full. The big question will be the 30th or April 1st, um, Dan, you probably know which pay stub that is, but you know th that's the big unknown now. That I think the NBA and the players' union are trying to figure out over the next couple of days: will that paycheck go out? I think I think the tenor among a lot of agents, a lot of teams, are that it will. But I mean, the the there is an option there for 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 teams to start withholding contracts until the return to play. Is there a a latest date possible? that the league is willing to take the season up till. I, I know there's been conversations about the league potentially entertaining, pushing the league calendar back further into uh, the late fall or closer to, you know, Christmas or, or, or things of that nature. How late can the league or is a league willing to embrace pushing back this season in respect to the 2020-2021 season? So as far as the 2020-21 season, you know, I've heard a, I've heard a couple of days. The two that go into mind are like Thanksgiving week and Christmas week. And so, you know, that just lets you know that the NBA is bracing for the pushback of the season, which would then push the NBA the next season back. So I, I would look at at least next season beginning, 
you know, in November sometime, mid to late November at the earliest. Just praying for those guys to get, you know, get healthy, uh, Rudy and Donovan, get back safe and all those other families affected. And hopefully this thing is not something that can or that will drag out and that we can get everything back, you know, to regularly scheduled programming. So uh, thank you for your time, man. Really appreciate you uh, joining us and sharing what you got. Yep, DG Harrison, I appreciate the time, guys. Be safe. Thank you. Me too. Thank you. We'll be back with more Inside the Green Room. You'll be hearing a pre-recorded interview that we did with Avery Bradley, which came off a pretty stellar performance over this past month or so, Danny, uh, particularly his matchup uh, against the Los Angeles Clippers. So stay tuned for that with more Inside Green Room with Danny Green. Coming up next on Inside the Green Room. I was pretty nervous once I signed to have a chance to play with Danny, uh, LeBron, AD, you know, with their experience and um, their talent level. Uh, I was just nervous that I wouldn't, you know, play up to, to their, be able to play up to their level. And um, I knew there was a little room for, less room for mistakes. of questions that I do want to ask you about your experience with Boston. Obviously, okay. you being with the Lakers now, but in, in terms of you being with the Lakers, it's been a hectic year. Oh, well, not, not hectic year, but it's been a turnaround from last year, rather yet, playing with the Clippers last year. Could you envision the role and the performance that you've had so far with this team, this Laker team now? Um, at the time, no. I, I, was, I was pretty nervous once I signed to have a chance to play with Danny, um, LeBron, AD, you know, with their experience and um, their talent level. Uh, I was just nervous that I wouldn't, you know, play up to, to their, be able to play up to their level. And um, I knew there was a little room for, less room for mistakes. Mm. Um, you know, I, I had a chance to play with a lot of great players earlier in my career. And, you know, that's a lot of pressure, man. People don't understand that. That's a lot of anxiety every single day, practice, game. Um, to be able to perform at a high level on mm -hmm. a consistent basis. And, um, you know, I wasn't sure if I could be able to, you know, do that again every single game, every single day. Um, and I wanted to push myself. And I feel like um, my wife and myself, we prayed about it. And she was like, Avery, like, this is the situation you want to be in. Um, this is what to help you reach your full potential as a player and as a person. And um, I felt like this was the perfect situation for me. Um, once it came available, um, I was like, man, I, I can do this. And that's a, I'm, I'm glad he brought that up. That's a strange thing. Well, not a strange thing, but it's just a rare thing. A lot of things, people don't think about that in that aspect or that perspective. Um, and I think that's why our team is so good now um, because of the standard that you feel you have to bring to the table or mm -hmm. exceed or, you know, when you sign with a team like that or you're playing with alongside guys, and I'm sure AD and Bron, the same, they like, all right, I have to, you know, this is how I have to play AD. I have to bring it every night because Bron's bring it every night. Bron's bring, AD's like, I have to bring. And we, you know, the role play, we have to make it easier for them. So every night we can't, you know, slack off. We can't you know, have any lapses um, because of, said the expectations and the standard that these guys set, whether you're veteran or not, rookie or not. Um, he said just every night one, there is pressure. People don't think about that types of, those types of pressures. Um, but a lot of times um, we make it easier on each other when we're 
just working hard and actually communicating and actually, you know, letting each other, encouraging each other and letting each other know, like, you know, it's okay, we all make mistakes, we all lose games, we all make these things happen. Um, but the fact that everybody has that same mindset and same attitude toward the game and motivated to try to uplift their teams, but also, you know, not have any lapses, but, you know, fill the, not fill the void, but um, so bring their A game every night and not let anybody down, I think is a, is a great start, you know, to, to any game or any team or roster with just the attitude and the, uh, the, the mental um, side of it. And let me ask you a question. You were, you were a rookie with LeBron in Cleveland. Yes. And now you, you're a vet, a two-time champ playing mm -hmm. with him now. What's the difference, first of all, in him between then and now and obviously between you then and now? Uh, everything is different, uh, but also kind of the same. He's a, he's the same guy. He's a character. You know him. Yeah. He's still a big clown. He likes to joke around and goof around a lot. Uh, but he knows when it's time to take it serious and be serious and hold guys to a standard. He knows how to win, what it takes to win. Right. Um, you know the 50-50 plays, the, the execution, just the the small, the good habits that you need to build, the games you need to win, the quarters, the possessions that you know that matter. Um, Obviously, what was different though? We were like, both young. I was yeah. young. I didn't really know much then. I was a rookie. Um, so I was just, I wasn't really playing at all. I was just learning every day. I was on the sideline, lifting weights, shooting work, doing my individual work, waiting for my opportunity to come and just being a sponge. Um, you know, he had Shaq there. He wasn't as big of a leader. He always had a voice, but he wasn't as big of a leader right. and knew how to lead as much then. Um, you know, Shaq obviously tried to, you know, teach him and talk to him and tell him some things. And he had other veterans around him. Um, it was his team, but it, it wasn't like how it is now, how vocal he is yeah. and how much leadership and every time out and telling guys where to go where he wants people to be. Uh, so that sense, it's it's different. Yeah. Um, we used to hate seeing this dude because <laughs> the number one thing with Cleveland, they like y'all won 66 games or something, something like, that. like yeah. that. But their thing, they were like the, you know, the blowing teams out. But then like when the blowout happened, It'd be Danny Green time to start dancing on the sideline. Yeah, so here we go that. again. <laughs> and they play that song. What was the song they played? They Ooh, played jump, the Jump Around jump song. Around. That, that was Carolina thing they played. They played different music. but and Like, no, Cleveland had this song they played. But, yeah, um, it was like some 90s song. They would make, they, I wouldn't say make me, but most of the time, yeah, they would make me, because I wasn't playing. And it was, man. They're like, look, we need you to, you know what I'm saying? And I'd have to jump in, and, and then the front office called me, you can't be doing what those other guys are doing. <laughs> but, you know, Shaq is going to make me do a lot of crazy stuff sometimes, man. I'm just like, I, I have to do You play with Shaq, too, right? I play with Shaq. Yeah, we had Shaq in Phoenix. Well, I'm telling you. Stuff, man. I'm a, they, you, like, they say you can't do this, and then, and then Shaq would be like, if you don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, look, I can listen to him, or you? I think I'm going to listen to him. He's the number one number one prankster and yeah. number one one-upsman like if you try to get back at him oh man you just better off just taking the just taking yeah. the l because he's gonna one-up you by a hundred times you got an example yeah that's got, good for that's good for air yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna clean it up so he was messing with lou amundsen all season long lou amundsen lived real close to the arena where we have a practice facility in the arena so he ride his bike Mm -hmm. They start taking Lou's bike and hiding it. <laughs> they hide it every, I'm talking about in the arena. One day it's in the 300 section. Yeah. <laughs> One day it's like in the security office. And like, he come back, he got to look for his bike. So the second to last day, and I told Lou, you messed up, man. The second <laughs> to last day, he had Shaq's car taken, filled with like styrofoam peanuts uh -huh. and put back. And Shaq was filming a documentary at the time. So they followed him, he opened the door, the peanuts come out. Oh, and I was oh, like, man. yo, you should have done that on the last day so <laughs> you never see him again. The next day, Shaq showed up at 6 in the morning. And when I tell you he messed with every one of Lou Amundsen's possessions, uh, it's not 
you know, for air, what he did. But I'm going to tell you right now, he did things that Matt Barnes is on the team. He had to stop Shaq. Like, man, you can't do that, man. Like, that's not right. Everything in his locker was missing somewhere, huh? Hey, uh, I'm going to tell you all fair. Man. He messed with this stuff and put it back. That's what, I know. At uh, 6 in the morning, you know how it is. Like, he was the first person in there. He was there before the trainers, like, waiting. Uh, last day. Last day. Ready last to make it happen. Day, yeah. Uh, one team that Shaq did not play for, the Clippers. Clippers matchup just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have now gotten your first win of the season against them. Mm-hmm. Avery, what did you learn about the potential that you guys shown, showed in that matchup? Well, I, I can't say in the first two meetings. Um, you know, I, I feel like we didn't play to our potential. Um, in the last game, I feel like we, we were just a – much better team. Um, we knew we were better than what we played um, the two previous games, and we knew we had room for improvement. And we made that room, and we still have much more um, room for improvement. But we just came out with the mindset to be tougher, the tougher team, um, the team that was going to be able to execute, team that was going to be able to fight through the adversity and be able to respond throughout the entire game. And uh, I feel like we did a great job doing that. And our leaders at the end of the game, they they led us, man. I mean, the way Le- LeBron and AD were able to play in the fourth quarter, um, that's the way you always want your superstars to be able to finish a game. And it was just amazing, man. It's amazing to see LeBron be able to play at this, this level every single year. Coming up next on Inside the Green Room. I don't know what happened, but all I know is that Rajon, he stands up for himself and for his teammates. and. Um, if there was something said, please believe Ray John's going to stand up for it. Speaking of defense, mm-hmm. <clears throat> speaking of LeBron, um, I had an opportunity to speak to Patrick Beverly of <laughs> the Clippers. You did. And, you know, as guards, yeah. you know, there's, a, there's times in the game where LeBron tries to target you. He forces a switch, mm-hmm. and he hopes that you could potentially – well, he hopes to take advantage of the matchup. Mm-hmm. I tried to ask Mr. Beverly about guarding LeBron in that potential matchup. I'm sure you guys have seen the clip. Can you describe the challenge um, it is defensively when LeBron – No challenge. Well, particularly the end of the game. No tra- challenge. Can you describe the – describe what it's like as a defender – to when he tries to force the, the switches with the all. guards. <laughs> I'll just let y'all go. Yo, let me, before y'all answer the question, <laughs> let me just say this. I wasn't in the locker room when that happened. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was, I, you know, cleared out. We were at Katsuya, and one of the ESPN reporters, Ombyang Masuk, was supposed to join us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, where's, where is he at? He's like, oh, man, I got to write this story. So what happened? Some dude asked Patrick Beverly. <laughs> so they were all, all the reporters were complaining because they were like, they were done. He had kind of said, you guys were the better team that day. And, you know, he, he kind of did the, the usual stuff and we would have been done. He said somebody had to ask that question, which you knew Patrick Beverly because that's just the kind of guy he is. He's never going to yield an inch. He's going to say no challenge at all. And so I was like, yo, who was it? <laughs> who was like the kid in school like, Miss Clapper, uh, <laughs> didn't you say we were supposed to have a, a pop quiz today? Like, going to ask the last question of the day. I was le- really curious. I really wanted to know what goes through your head. And I, re- I recognize Patrick Beverly, as, as you're saying, he got offended by the word challenge. Oh, man. So I tried to rephrase it to say, can you just describe the situation? 
And that's when he said not hard at all. And so I'm curious. How, how, diff how much of a challenge is it to guard LeBron when he targets you on the screen? <laughs> I repeat what I was saying. He, he does everything on the floor for us, and he does it at a high clip all the time. Now, he can't do it for 48 minutes because he's a little older now. He can't do it for a full 82. And the reason why we don't put him in those situations is because we don't want him to burn out. But any given moment, any possession, he can dog anybody on the offense on the floor, and he can lock you over on the defense on the floor. And he's shown that guarding Giannis, guarding Kawhi over the past weekend. Or Patrick Beverly, or going against the offense, against them too. It was no different when he was on offense, going against those guys in the post. He was getting to the basket, getting fouled, and closed the game for us in the stretch. Um, so if it's not that hard, or if it's no challenge, I don't understand why <laughs> he ends up with the numbers he ends up with. And I'm seeing him on ESPN beating his chest, screaming, closing the game. It's not that easy. Um, and maybe if he passes, he feels the way he feels. He's supposed to, as a defender. <laughs> supposed to be pride, prideful, supposed to be proud. But he can get a bucket, too. And as hard as he thinks it's not, or it's no challenge, it's not much of a challenge for LeBron to get a bucket. Did LeBron hear that quote, A.B.? Of course, for yeah. sure. Of course. Has he, has he said anything about it? <laughs> um, I don't think he needs to say anything about yeah. it. I mean... He, I don't think he acknowledged it at all. Yeah. Most of the time, he doesn't acknowledge it. He heard it, though, for sure. Of course, sure. you guys can <laughs> see it in this play. I think he hears everything. Yeah. yeah. No, he hears and sees a lot he of sees stuff. Everything. Mind you, we did bring it to the group chat. It was sent to the group chat. A lot of guys put in some gifs and some funny memes. <laughs> can um, you? Can I get one? No. One gif. One gif. Just one, a gif. Like is it a one, gif or a gif? It's a gif. But uh, one, one gif. It's a gif. The guy who made it says it's a gif. His okay. mama named it gif. I'm gonna. I'm gonna but um. Yeah, AC put a funny GIF in, but we'll leave it. Okay, well, well, I'll circle back, and maybe you can tell me what the, the GIF or the GIF is. <laughs> so off air, right? I, I, I can tell yeah. you a Shaq story off the air. There we go. Yeah. Um, there's actually another piece of video, and speaking of guards, Patrick Reveille, Ray John Rondo, he had a great uh, streak in that second half, but he was trending in the first half for about four minutes of play. You've played with Ray John Rondo before. Uh, how has your relationship developed, and, and how, have you, how have you evaluated what he's done so far and, and taken in all of the Lakers fans' backlash from time to time? I mean, that's who Rajon is. He's a competitor, man. Um, he, he's somebody that I, I would always want to go to war with. Um, and he, he says what's on his mind, man, <laughs> to anybody. It doesn't matter. Um, he just wears his heart on his sleeve. And I, I think that's what I respect so much about him and appreciate about him. And, um, yeah, man, I, I don't know what happened, but all I know is that Rajon, he stands up for himself and for his teammates. And um, if there was something said, please believe Rajon's going to stand up for it. Well, it was just interesting. There was a four, there was about a four-minute stretch in the second quarter of the mm -hmm. Clipper game, and he became the trending topic on Twitter that fast. It was just four possessions he didn't play well. He had bad possessions. But then he played well in the second in the second half. Um, just what have you, Danny and, and, and Avery, too, just how, how would you say he fits in, especially now with Deontay, Deion Waiters, sorry, on the roster, how do you think that's going to play out in terms of the playmaking needs for the team going forward? I don't think Doe pays attention or cares about any of that, that stuff that's mm -hmm. being said about him. Um, he knows who he is. He's comfortable in his skin. He comfortably said he wears his heart on his sleeve. And um, he's He's such a high IQ guy and studies the game so, so much and so well that 
he knows that he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing, and that half the people that are, have their criticisms or opinions have no clue. Like he'll watch the game three ga three times after to see what he saw for not just for himself but for the the group. And um, what was your question again? I just wanted to know how he fit in. That's all. But also, I also just really want to get to this clip because I really need to understand what happened here. So, I think it was in Memphis. Uh, your fellow point guard, your your teammate, was rapping. Do you remember this? I do. do you want a reminder? I think we have the reminder. Do you have a clip? Yeah, I think we have the clip. Yeah, that's Golden State. Yeah, that's yes. it. Yeah. This, this was in the Bay. So we had our optional shoot around. What's, ha what's happening here? Oh, um, <laughs> he's having fun, man. So he, he he has fun wherever he goes. And that's the, the best part about our team, off the court and in the locker room. Uh, the guys joke around all the time, have fun, and said shoot around. I think this is a game he knew, um, well, Brian wasn't playing that game. Um, but we, he always plays one-on-one. -on -one. He always gets some extra shots up. He's always the guy in the gym. Does he always uh, rap before? No. Nah. <laughs> he, 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 you know, he, was, he was feeling good that day, and Dud somehow found the mic. I don't know where he found the mic. And then... You know, he was talking his, talking his shit on the mic a little bit, and then next, you know, he's like, oh, coming up, raise your on the mic. And then they started playing the music, and so, so Doe started doing his little performance, had a little concert in the, in the arena. That's, I've never seen him that animated, man. <laughs> 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 nah, Doe's funny, man. I said, he, he doesn't, he's, funny. He, he's very secure with himself and comfortable with his own skin. He does not care about what other people think or say. And he fits in perfect. I think he fits fine. You know, he just, I would like to see him be more, he's at times more aggressive in, in shooting, because we know he can shoot it, shoot the three. And we're, we're a better group, better team, and more effective when he's scoring or when he's shooting. When he hits, just only is it one or two jumpers, uh, you know, maybe one or two threes, and then, you know, we're, they, have to, they have to come out on him and start, because a lot of teams are disrespecting him. They know he's just quarterbacking. Mm. And, you know, we need him to do less quarterbacking and looking for pass and, and trying to, you know, go for his own sometimes. Um, which he, he knows too, um, but I've seen his switch and I've seen him turn it on in the Clippers game. I've seen him turn it on in Boston game. I've seen his activity and what he what he's going to bring for us in the playoffs. And I'm very confident that we'll be and he will be where he needs to be for us to be successful. I mean, as somebody who's watched the game, was actively watching the game, there's been some other additions to the team. Markeith Morris, Waiter. Dion Waiters. What is your evaluation of them? And please speak freely here no. and how they, and, and you guys can respond. Well, Markeith was the guy we had in Phoenix. So, uh, you know, I, I've known him. We, we drafted him. He, he was always, he is what he is now. He's just more refined now. But in terms of toughness, you know, interior presence, but also skilled enough to pick a pop big, get put on the floor a little if he catches the elbow. And when you talk about, you know, one of the concerns with this team as the year was going on is, it, it's they're, they're doing great, but depth is a concern, especially as you go to playoffs. You know what Danny was talking about. You don't want LeBron to feel that burden of having to do too much now. You want him to kind of save something for April, May, and June. And so Marquise gives you some of that physicality. The other thing was, if you look at the bigs, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, they're true fives, right? So they're most uh, comfortable in the painted area. Marquise's a guy who can switch out on a guy and guard out a little bit on the perimeter. And I think with a lot of teams that have small ball lineups, you're going to need someone like Keith that can get out there mm -hmm. and defend. And then Dion is 
you know, he's had his ups and downs, but this is a dude when his, you know, he's in his right uh, frame of mind and also his body is healthy, which I believe he is now. Incredible individual scorer and then playmaker. And that was another concern, I think, when you looked at this team. That you just need one more guy who could get his own shot and then also maybe create for others. So I think those are two great pickups. And that's, that's the name of the game now in the NBA. It's like you build your team, trade deadline, you try to get some, if you can get some. And if not, that buyout market becomes huge because you go got vets who can come help you win games. Yeah, I think uh, those additions should be great. Unfortunately, we are running out of time. A.B., I feel like there's so much more. I still want to know about you. Mm. But we had to dedicate a portion of the show to talking about uh, coronavirus, which is uh, very important. We ask that you guys take care of yourselves. Be safe. Wash your hands. Wash your hands.